Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Blue Jackets fans, happy Friday. This is Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are, as always, free and available on all podcast platforms. So today, uh, Blue Jackets won last night, which is very exciting for me personally. I'm sure it's very exciting for all of you, uh, but we can't stop there. We've got to look ahead to the next game. We are playing the Seattle Kraken on Saturday evening at 7 Eastern. And so I thought, who better to talk about the Kraken's first couple of games and how that matchup is going to go than host of Lockdown Kraken, Erica Ayala. So I'll just uh, get right into that. So the Blue Jackets uh, just went all out last night with uh, scoring eight goals against the Arizona Coyotes, which is kind of expected. Um, The Arizona Coyotes are obviously a team in a rebuild. I suspect that Saturday's game is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be playing uh, a much better team, a team that we have never played before, which is very, very exciting. Uh, we are we are kicking off the Blue Jackets, Seattle Kraken uh, matchup history. Uh, and to talk about that a little bit, I have got uh, Erica Ayala here of Lockdown Kraken to... Uh, Tell us all about how how things are going with the start of a brand new franchise. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Jake. I'm I'm glad to join you for you know, as I like to say, a squadcast. So it's all good. Yes, which is still my favorite way to to do this. Like it's it's such a good word that you've come up with. Big <laughs> big fan. Thank um, you. Thank you. So yeah, I guess let's let's start off with with just kind of how the Kraken have done with the past couple of games. Obviously, you guys have played two games now. You've got a win and a loss. Uh, I did watch that that Vegas game, and, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we can get into into that distinct kicking motion in a minute, but <laughs> how, uh, how are they looking through a couple of games? So I think it's probably about as I expected, um, generally speaking. What has been interesting is that I have been asking a lot of questions, I think even since the last time we did a squad cast, about where the goals were going to come from. And we have some early contenders, which is great, and young talent as well. The one thing, though, that I think maybe evens out what my predictions have been is that defensively, I have some questions. It's not that it's bad, but... It could be bad if this is more than just, hey, these players haven't played together. Like, I'm willing to be a little bit graceful, but if some of the defensive lapses continue, then I think the Kraken might have a problem. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. Obviously, it's a it's a brand new team. These guys have never played before, um, before you know, well, a couple of months. Um, so chemistry is, chemistry is a big thing, um, which I know we talked about last squadcast as well um but there are there have been some real bright spots i thought with the crack so i watched i didn't watch the the nashville game but watching the the vegas game i was really impressed with a couple of guys who i was like oh hey i'd forgot i'd forgotten about them um morgan geeky was a was a particular standout 
I yes. think. Um, I, again, I don't know how he did yesterday. I know Brandon Tanner have got a couple of goals, which is great because he's just seems like such a he's just such a, a ball of energy on the ice. Yes. So it's fun to see him getting rewarded for his kind of pinball style play. <laughs> Oh, pinball style play is a really good way of uh, saying that. And I, you know, I, there's a handful of NHL teams that I watched closely, mostly in the Metro division, just because I'm here in New York. And if I'm going to games, uh, NHL games, I'm going to the Devils or the Rangers and stuff like that. So um, Tanev is not one of the players that I got to see play a lot prior to him being on the Kraken. And I remember seeing him in Kent and just like his warm up. I was like, wow, like, wow. Like, you know, now I, I get why he has the nickname Turbo. Like what is happening? Um, but all of that said in the preseason and in uh, training camp, definitely saw that energy, but I don't think it really reflected in the box score for those preseason games or in that game against Vegas. So seeing that he was able to get on the board for the Seattle Kraken against Nashville, I thought was a really good sign. And I'm just saying, I called his number before that game. So I've got my, my auntie vibes going. But Tanev definitely is a player that is is starting to, to show up as expected. Geeky, I love that you mentioned Morgan Geeky. And I think it was Marissa and Jemmy that tweeted that, uh, you know, had an absolute snipe and just, you know, took uh, Robin Leonard by – by surprise. But now, um, you know, Marissa was wondering if, because uh, he had a similar shot against uh, Nashville and, and is wondering if the scout is out, like this guy can shoot. So, you know, you love to see it that he's getting respect. But on the other hand, I also love to see Morgan geeky goals. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if he can make adjustments if indeed, uh, you know, the word is out about about his shot. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And you kind of get that with with young players, I found. Like the I remember Dylan Larkin's rookie season. He scored I think he scored he scored like twenty goals in his rookie season or something. I think because he was just so fast and teams didn't really know how to to, to adjust to that. And then he dropped in his sophomore season because people were people were like, Oh, this is the fast kid from Detroit. So I'm wondering if Morgan Geeky can kind of take advantage of of that and, you know, uh, teams that haven't played him. A lot. Yeah. Obviously, Nashville played him a ton last season with with Carolina. Um, right. So I'm wondering if teams that haven't really seen a lot from Morgan Geeky are going to be surprised by uh, just how good of a shot he has. Because yeah, you were right. That was just it seems like such a harmless shot. And then and then before I think, <laughs> think Leonard thought that as well. And then it just yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. It was great. Um, but yeah, super super excited for the kid. I. I really liked Morgan Geeky's play last year. Again, with Columbus, uh, we were in the same division. So I'm excited for him uh, generally. I would prefer if he didn't take too many shots against us uh, on Saturday night. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but Geeky is definitely a player that I think could potentially, it's, it's still early, and I think we will see some of the more veteran players start to settle in. Um but I, I like that Geeky has that capability. Another player, though, that I have really enjoyed, and I know you know I, I got a little spicy, had to defend my dude in the group chat because it's uh, Ryan Donato. And I know, again, Marissa and Jemmy has written about Ryan Donato, good Boston kid. And he's he's been around the league, though. And so, you know, the the narrative that comes with him is, like, great potential. Hasn't really tapped into it, though. So. 
Is it early? Yes. Everything is early for the Seattle Kraken. But that said, I've got faith in Donato. Again, he had a, a great game. Um, got, um, you know, on the board, first ever Seattle Kraken goal against Vegas and really did some great stuff against Nashville as well. Um, so, so we'll see. Yeah. And sometimes, um, and this was, this was a, a huge case with the, with the Vegas Golden Knights when they had their first season. Spite is a really powerful motivator. Yes. And I think so, some guys will take advice, will like take this, oh, well, my, my team didn't want me, so I'm going to play as well as I can on this new team. And some guys, they just, they, they thrive on that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Donato has, uh, a really, really good season, you know, as he played uh, in Minnesota for a while, he was uh, San Jose Shark for a little bit, but I wonder if Seattle is really where he kind of, it clicks. And it's it's line mates as well, like he just, he looks like he's having fun out there. And as we all know, hockey is just way better when you're having fun, you know? Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. And that's where the chemistry thing comes in. And that's something that Seattle understands. I think they are very much so curbing the expectations, certainly for everyone in the media, but also within the locker room and the dressing room as well. And I think they know and believe in the process that has been laid forth, not just from Dave Haxtell, but also from GM Ron Francis. And it seems like everyone's really buying into that and they can self-select when the team or even individually they are within that timeline and the expectations and when they fall short. So I think that's been good to see as well. It's like, all right, Hey, we know everything's new. We know we're going to be asked about everything being new, but you know, let's talk about how we played within what our expectations are. And I appreciate that. Coming up in a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Erica, but first I've got to tell you about Built Bar. You know, by now, I know by now, Built Bar is incredible. They are the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you, like me, are trying to eat a little bit healthier, try and shift some of that lockdown weight, but also you love delicious candy bars, Built Bar is for you because it is a protein bar. It's high in protein, low in sugar, low in carbs, low in calories, uh, high in everything good, low in everything bad, but it tastes exactly like a candy bar. And that's honestly the best of both worlds, if you ask me. They've got a ton of delicious flavors from cherry barcia to mint brownie to cookies and cream to salted caramel. There's something for everyone at Built Bar. And here's the best bit if you go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15, L O C K E D 15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Once again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. I want to kind of dovetail off that a little bit because you guys just named a captain the Mm -hmm. other day. Um, Mark Giordano, who uh, previously the, the longtime captain of the Calgary Flames. I talked a little bit about captaincy earlier this week on my podcast because we just named a new captain, Boone Jenner. Um, and I, I talked a little bit about how the, the captain doesn't necessarily need to be the best player on the team. And Mark Giordano's name came up as a guy that was not necessarily the best player on the Flames, but some people uh, just have that innate leadership quality. 
And and I think that's more important than say just picking your best player and making him captain. So was it was that expected? Was Mike Giordano your pick for for the captaincy? I know Vegas didn't have a captain for the first three years, so I was surprised that Seattle named one so so early. But yeah, and so you know, again, I, I'm like I pop in and out of the the NHL culture, so I didn't realize that uh, Vegas had waited so long. But I was not surprised to see Gio named as captain. I spoke to Jess Belmasto here with uh, the Locked On, a uh, Locked On Flame Show, and obviously Locked On NHL, and also Haley Salvian, who writes for the Athletic as the Calgary Flames beat writer. And hearing everything that they had to say about Gio, hearing that. They knew it made sense for the team from the salary cap position and looking toward the future to get rid of the guy and the fact that everyone was still really heartbroken that he was going to be gone. You you just got a sense that, you know, this is a a special kind of guy. And uh, I think that has been exactly what I've witnessed. I was out in Seattle for training camp and the preseason. And, you know, Gio's just a good guy. He commands a lot of respect, but in the most, you know, humble way. It's because he, you know, shows up, does his does his work, and he knows he's one of the more quieter people on the team. But he's there because of his experience, because of his journey, like his story to even get to the NHL. I think a lot of people respect. And so he's a hard worker and he does what he's got to do. And I think a lot of people in that locker room have a lot of respect for Gio. You know, he's not a brash, you know, guy on the ice. Uh, He plays the game, has respect for the game. And ultimately, people honor that. That being said, uh, we saw a little video after the game in Nashville, and maybe he's not a fighter, but he sure did appreciate Vince Dunn mixing it up on the ice and gave him the player of the week and added an expletive there. So I was like, all right, Gio's got some spice. He's got some spice as well. But no, was not surprised that Giordano was named captain. And we also got our alternates. And I thought it was interesting, not surprising, but also really a great indicator that Yanni Gord was named one of the alternates. He's been injured. He's been on the ice, but is working his way through recovery. So that was one of the names that again, not so not super surprising, but I think really interesting. And I'm, I'm curious to see Yanni's style versus Gio's style. I think, you know, Eberly Schwartz and Larson also kind of have a similar style, you know, to Gio, whereas Yanni Gord is kind of the outlier. He, you know, in a press conference, he's the one that's like, you know, Yanni's going to be Yanni. And I kind of love that they have that kind of swag and style as part of their leadership core as well. Yeah, I'm always fascinated by uh, like the alternate captain choices because obviously we're not in the room. We don't know why they get chosen. And so I'm always super interested to see like, what this guy brings to the the leadership like core of the of the team and i love it when guys have you know a little personality and they're not afraid to um call out the reporters when when things happen you know like i think about uh jacob Oracek, either last season or the season before calling one of the philadelphia beat reporters oh, like a weasel and brutal. you know like <laughs> <laughs> on one hand you hate to see it but on the other hand like yes give me right give me more of this kind yeah of and the hate to see it is just because it's like oh gosh that could be me one day and then you're <laughs> like but this is amazing <laughs> uh, yeah as someone who wasn't that guy like i was living but if i'd been right. that guy i think i would have like retired on the spot so <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> it's it's always fun when you have guys that are, you know, like you say, a little a little spicy, a little uh not not afraid to to have some attitude with uh with the reporters and the people outside the team. So that's that's always fun. Yanni Gord is um gonna be a problem, I think, <laughs> for opposing teams. Obviously he just came from yes. a super stacked Tampa team. They were sad to lose him. Uh he he might he might be my pick actually for um surprise player for for the kraken because i think Ooh. outside of tampa a lot of people are just like oh because you know tampa obviously they've got kucherov they've got stamkos they've got headman they've got vasilevsky and i feel like you know they've got bread and point and guys like yanni gord are kind of not outliers but they're very much like an afterthought i think mm. and so i'm excited for him to again take that and be like right well i can really be a standout on this new team uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Yanni Gord as one of the, the standout players for the Kraken this season. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Yanni because I've seen him again practice in training camp. He started with a you know a red jersey, so no contact. And then the the way you know we heard a few different renditions of the story, but ultimately it sounded like Yanni was like, "Nah, you got to get rid of this jersey. Like, I need if I'm gonna get back on track, like I need the guys to like really play with me." Yeah, but I think what you said about Yanni makes a lot of sense. I think um, what people probably don't realize, and um, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about you know losing Yanni is kind of a big deal. We saw how Tampa opened, not not great. They got some things they got to work on, um, and you know people were wondering if some of the elements and pieces that they lost, while maybe not they weren't and didn't have to be like that guy every night. They were an integral part of what made Tampa work. And I think Yanni Gord fits the bill. I am curious, though, to see how he's going to fit into the Seattle Kraken team because the Triple J line, so we've got Jaden Schwartz. uh, Wait, I I always get the J's mixed up, so i got to make sure I get it right. Okay, we've got uh, Jaden Schwartz, Jordan Eberle, and it's another J, Jaden McCann. Uh, I think I got that right. Uh, oh yeah, Jared, Jared, Jared. Jared. Okay, there it is. See, see, Jade and Jordan and Jared. That's a that's like a boy band right there. So yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so excuse me, uh, Jared McCann. Excuse me, has been centering Jaden and Jordan. So for the Triple J line, and I really like the chemistry. I think that was kind of instant chemistry for the Seattle Kraken. Um, so I don't know if Yanni Gord finds his way there does he kind of take Wenberg's spot but then what does that mean for the chemistry of that line so I don't know it also is going to depend right uh when he when he comes back and are there other injuries so that's the only it's it's not a bad problem or at least I hope it's not a bad problem to have but uh yeah needless to say Dave Haxtell and company are are going to find a way to make room for Yanni Gord (laughs) yeah for sure it's um yeah that that triple j line is is again going to cause problems for for some teams i think um again jared mccann is is a guy that because i've paid attention to pittsburgh penguin games way more than i would like to um (laughs) i've seen him a lot uh and he again is a guy that people kind of oh he's just an extra guy on the penguins but he is a guy that I feel like will take this opportunity to be more than just 
a guy. Um, you know, he was obviously basically permanent bottom six in Pittsburgh because he's not taking Sidney Crosby's job. He's not taking Evgeny Malkin's job, but he has a real chance here to kind of like William Carson did with the Vegas Golden Knights, where he was kind of a, a perennial fourth liner for us. Uh, no one was really like, I was sad to see him go because I liked him. Uh, I didn't think he was going to uh, be too much of a uh, detraction on on the ice and then obviously he goes to vegas and scores like 43 goals in his first season which is i think literally quadruple his entire goal total thus far in his career um he's dropped off a little bit since then but jared mccann feels like one of those guys that could just be like well i'm gonna be the guy in seattle i'm gonna have a real breakout season so yeah, it's been interesting. And, you know, he also talks about having to essentially learn a new position. And he's really been slotted in there as a centerman. And, um, you know, I think it's a challenge. And he has honored and acknowledged, especially defensively, where he needs to learn. But I think it's also probably a good system for him to learn that skill and, and maybe find his way either to um, elevate his stock by being a solid centerman and or just being a player that can be slotted here and there. Um, but I think the the reason I think the Kraken system fits is because you hear Dave Haxtell talk a lot about um, the identity really being to be strong defensively in all three zones and that there is a focus on defense and how an, a good solid team defense will generate offense. And that's exactly what he wants. He wants his team, you know, not not to be, you know, stay at home defender. Like, that's not what we're talking about. But it manifests in essentially a, a very strong forecheck. We've seen that right out of the gate. That is the one thing that was evidently clear that Seattle Kraken had in their first preseason game and then have maintained. And when they don't maintain the strong forecheck, that's one of the first things that they talk about post game. So I, that leads me to believe that it's something, it's a directive that's coming from Haxtell and the coaching staff is like, we, everyone needs to be aggressive and we want the puck. We want possession. Um, and that comes in all three zones. Yeah. hundred percent. Coming up in a minute, I've got some more of my conversation with Erica, but first I want to tell you about bet online. Bet online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, there's going to be even more odds, props, and contests as BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's right, 100%. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Make sure you use promo code NFL100 to uh, get that bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Once again, that is promo code NFL100. NFL100 for a 100% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And that actually was um, something that I noticed about the Blue Jackets uh, in their game against the, the Coyotes was, okay, we maybe weren't the best like 
defensively necessarily. We got outshot by them, but the a lot of the offense came from the the back end, came from the defense. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how that works with two teams that kind of value that strong defense first play uh, when when we we meet tomorrow night tonight tomorrow saturday yeah yeah (laughs) sometime this week yeah um it's hey it's i'm it's still preseason for me i'm I'm working on it but uh, yeah it should be it should be it should be fun so let's uh let's talk a little bit about about uh the, the upcoming game. So uh, I made I made uh, Robin of Lockdown Coyotes uh, predict the final score of the game and pick the uh, game-winning goal scorer. And I'm going to make you do the same. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, so I, I had to do... I did a little recon just briefly before we hopped on here. And I am very nervous <laughs> to see that the Blue Jackets scored eight goals. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely didn't know that they were capable. Like, I'm a little bit worried that that's, they've just used up all their goals for, all for October goals. and that's it. <laughs> right. So I was talking on Locked on Crack and I was like, is this an outlier? Like, I mean, n- like, no shade to Arizona, but like, they get the Pacific Division stank, even though they're not in the division anymore. So <laughs> you can take the team out of the division, but you can't right. take the division out of the Correct. team. You know? So I was like, is that what's happening? Like, did Arizona just have a really piss poor night like did the blue jackets just like find it and is it gone or is it here to stay like because my big thing for the seattle kraken that i've been saying on locked on kraken is like hey we said we're gonna build from the back but the questions that i have for the kraken outside of anything that has to do with these guys don't know each other and build chemistry and we've only had two games as an entire franchise setting that aside if we're being objective to what we expect in the national hockey league I think the Kraken are a little weak on defense. And I think that maybe they're overthinking jumping into offense or transitioning into offense because they they've given up some really silly turnovers that have put Grubauer like, you know, in really tough positions. And Grubauer, I th- I think has been put in tough positions. I still think though that he we haven't tapped into his full potential yet. Again, New team, new season, so I'm willing to give a little bit of grace there. But seeing that Columbus scored eight has me nervous. So as far as a score, but what I will say, let's assume maybe we don't get eight from the Blue Jackets. Maybe your guys don't don't uh, you know light up the lamp lamp eight times. But let's say they give like a solid four or five, which is about on track for how many goals the Kraken have been giving up. Then I think that we we score because we're obviously going to win. So I'm going to go with a six, five score in favor of the Seattle Kraken. And I'm going to give the game winning goal. Mm. Um, game winning goal. Let's see. I'm going to go with someone we haven't talked about, but I am going to stick with the triple J line and I'm going to go with, I want to see Schwartz. I want to see Schwartz really, really get activated here. Uh, Schwartz and Eberly, I, I think, will score. McCann, apparently, if McCann scores a goal, which he will, this is also part of my prediction, but apparently if he scores a goal, he's like one of four players that has scored a goal in the first three games of of a, of a expansion franchise. So I'd like to see a little more history. Why not? 
Yeah, let's let's set some records. Maybe not six goals worth of records, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's the 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 Blue Jackets opening game was such a weird one because, and again, you know, Arizona not very good. We were expected to not be very good, but part of that, I think, or part of the reason for the game last night, obviously, before the game, there was the tribute to uh, Matisse Kivlenics uh, yeah. in the summer, and there was a lot of emphasis on this game is for Matisse. We're doing this for Matisse. And so I yeah. think that kind of attitude going in was, well, you know, we're, we're doing this for him. Uh, this whole season is going to be for him, really. So it uh, it was a really nice kind of tribute before the game. It was really nice to see Muslikins wearing number 80 uh, just for that one, one game. Obviously, he I think he made 36 of 38 saves. Obviously, you know, he was a massive part of of that game uh yeah i think the offense is good probably going to die off a little bit um but i do think we're going to continue to be really strong in in goal uh, i would like to see us get outshot a little bit less um because uh that's stressful i don't like it like as, as a goalie i don't like it when there's a lot of yeah. a lot of uh shots against but fair I do think this team is going to be more uh, offensive than defensive this season, which is going to be weird because a John Tortorella built team. Right. The big thing was defense, defense, defense. We're going to block shots. We're going to throw ourselves in front of the puck. We're going to forecheck hard. <laughs> We're going to backcheck hard. And the team just isn't built like that anymore. Like I was, I was tweeting last night that the Blue Jackets on defense basically have like five Rovers and Vladislav Gavrikov, who is our like one defensive stay-at-home defenseman. Um, <laughs> like there was points during the Arizona game where like I would look down and then I looked up and Zakarensky is like skating like figure eight behind the opposing team's goal, and I'm like, well, that's <laughs> that's not where your defense is supposed to be but i mean if it if it works it works so yeah sure, i think we're go gonna be it. a high scoring team this mm. season especially if we can get line a and voracek clicking uh oliver bjorkstrand scored two goals in his day in the opening game of the season he's my pick for like breakout columbus player he's scoring 30 mm. goals this season maybe more um so that's it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be high scoring i think is is uh, what's going to happen uh, defensively? It might be a little bit shaky for both teams. I don't know that I'm going to go six five. That seems like a lot of. That seems like a, again, as a goalie, that's a stressful amount of goals. Um, but I think I'm going to go with it's going to be a five five three jackets win. Obviously, um, obviously, sure. Who's going to score the game winner? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go Max Domi. Uh, oh, okay. Has been a real surprise so far uh, in this very early season. Obviously, he was out all of the off season, shoulder surgery. People were saying that he might not be coming back till December. Um, what I found was really interesting, just in the wake of all of this Jack Eichel uh, news about how the team won't let him get the surgery that he wants, and they're basically holding him hostage until he does what they want. Um, the Blue Jackets basically said to to Max Domi we trust you rehab the shoulder how you want. So he did a bunch of like unconventional rehab. So he was rock climbing. He was swimming a bunch. It wasn't like typical rehab. And so his, obviously he's back basically two months ahead of schedule. So mm. that's really good to see. He had uh, one preseason game where I thought he was really good. He ended up scoring uh, the, I think the game tying goal against, 
Pittsburgh, we went on to lose in overtime, but that's, I mean, it's preseason, it doesn't matter. Um, and then last night, I thought he was flying. He had two points and a goal, uh, two assists and a goal, excuse me. Uh, and he looks like a completely different player to, to last season. So he's he's my my guy to watch this game. Uh-huh. Interesting, interesting. I know we talked about uh, Max when we did our last squad cast. So if indeed your prediction is true, maybe maybe I take back what I said about not wanting to take him in the expansion draft, which is neither here nor there at this point. No, but. I mean, honestly, this was a surprise <laughs> to me as well. Like, we went all through training <laughs> camp, all through preseason. I was like, he's not back for a couple of months. That gives us time to... Um, he's playing the wing at the minute, even though he's a centre, uh, but he's playing on the wing of Cole Sillinger, who is the youngest player in the NHL. He's 18. Um who, and again, I thought he had a really good game. Um, but he was just kind of such a non-event for me this offseason. It's almost like <laughs> I have like no object permanence when a player is not on the team. Like like I watched the Chicago Colomb- uh, the Chicago Colorado game and I was like, oh, Seth Jones still exists. Like, <laughs> because he wasn't on the team anymore. Like, um, and so because Max Domi wasn't on the training camp, much obviously he only played one preseason game i kind of forgot about him uh and obviously last season as we talked on the last squad cast he was kind of a non he he, he wasn't very good last season like in, yeah. in any in any area but this like i say he looks like he looks like a new player he looks like a completely new new player so if he can keep that up i am i'm pretty okay with with max domi i still think that he he doesn't stay past the end of this season Mm. but he he is my my player to watch for um the game against the I like it I like it I like it I think coming off of that game again like no reason to think or at least not to hope that he won't continue and um I think 5-3 is probably a more reasonable scoreline and that's all the time I've got for today uh Tomorrow, I will bring you the second half of my conversation with Erica because we had lots to say about goaltending, uh, Max Domi, defense, who's going to score, who's not going to score. We have we just had a bunch of stuff to talk about, and it's fun. So we will be doing a bonus podcast tomorrow, Saturday, and hopefully you will uh, stick around for that. I have been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticism, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.